Maybe a little less professional on the intro. I don't think it needs to be too much. But I think the only yeah. thing I was going to update um, was that I'm starting to do some individual content. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about like, so at one point in time I had posted that I wanted to talk about like my suicide story or I, my suicide attempt, not suicide. If that was actually successful, I wouldn't be here. Oh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I figured I'd, I'd probably should talk about that. Like I've been meaning to have something on that ever since I felt like I was recovering from it. So like two two years after it. So I guess this is like the third year of being in a stable spot. And I just never found the opportunity to go ahead and do it. But I think I'll be doing that now. But it will be separate from like the the rest of the content. I was going to say, let me know when that's up. Yeah. One of this. I mean, I'll be posting Are you doing it. that live? Uh, no, I, th- I think I'll probably just be recording it separately. Like, I figured I'd just write a whole script for it because it, I don't think it's something that I can afford to misspeak on because I, I need to be careful sure. about who I piss off and who I, <laughs> and wh- who I give credit to. So we're not recording yet, right? Um, I'm recording now. I, I don't really. Oh, care. okay. I've been. Recording <laughs> I was gonna for say like who you could piss off, but uh, we shouldn't. Oh, it's like my my family. <laughs> I think would not be too happy with. It, it's not that they would be happy with. Like they have to deal with my perspective of how I thought the situation went down. Anyways, like regardless mm-hmm. whether or not they think that my perspective was justified is up to them. But like, that's not. A, honestly i don't care <laughs> like that that's how i felt like during during the i guess depression phase so it's right you know it those were feelings that i felt at the time and you know it's it's really just a tragedy that it happened and i don't really it's not that i'm blaming them for anything i think that's just how like i have the mindset that the line of events that happened were just unfortunate and it led me to a spot that I didn't, that put me in a really bad spot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can point I mean, that flaws. is depression. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's a self. A wrong way to think. Self-created problem. Everyone like viewed events differently. Everyone experienced events differently. And yeah, like no one should feel guilty from what happened. It, w- it was just hard to know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel I feel like I'm generally hard to understand because I'm mostly reserved. And not a lot of people can take a look at me and point out that something in the background process of what I'm dealing with is bothering me to an extent that's visible. So most of the time, they can't even see that there's something wrong. But so, like, I, I don't have any hard feelings towards like and like i used to be resentful about that sort of thing that that's kind of why it contributed to to why i was depressed in the first place but um i I have some better understanding or i guess a better thought process about what happened and why it happened and why nothing well rather just how everything went down but yeah i figured i'd have like a whole script for that because I don't think I need to be as accurate as I can on that 
because I what I don't want to do is make feel people feel guilty about what happened to me because I don't not only do I not think that that's right to them I don't think that's accurate in general so well yeah unless it's like a form of abuse like it generally generally the feeling of being guilty is on is on the person not on your actions right and this is coming from someone who you know whose sister was successful right but who's moved past the guilt right so yeah anyways <laughs> off topic <laughs> well I'll probably have that coming out within the next week or so but after starting my internship most of my time is like I don't have a lot of creative <sighs> my creativity's just really gone down after starting my internship so I have a feeling that I won't be able to keep up like a certain level of capacity that I want to especially with this podcast stuff but I, re I really want to stay mm -hmm. here and try and do my best and share perspectives as much as I can. But I get a, f I have a feeling that I'm not going to be able to maintain the kind of level that I want to, because my creativity is drained through other to other resources. But For sure. I was going to say I was, I'm, I'm drafting up a, another show that could we could potentially sub in if you didn't feel like I'd love that a certain week. <laughs> and we could just do it like once a month or something. I think uh, Andy sounded interested. I think Jared's also interested too. So I was gonna do the the music review, like right. an album that we all haven't listened to that's modern. Listen to it, and then we review it together. I have some questions drafted up, but it's in it's in it's in the process. I wouldn't like for music in particular i just wouldn't have i think about music a lot differently than the rest of you guys well that's the whole thing of the that's the point that's kind of the point right yeah it is the point but i just yeah, feel like that's actually one of the questions i put <laughs> on there no it's fine i mean if anything andy's a normie too but me and jared have i don't know did you do any music in middle school no, I mean, I played, like, electric guitar for a little bit, but it's not, oh, like, no, I was very uninvested. <laughs> I was, I'm not very <laughs> coordinated in that sense. That's totally fine. Even though I, I can game pretty well, but I, I lose some sense of coordination sometimes, and, uh, yeah, guitar wasn't it. I should have played piano. I feel like that I has... want to play piano, dude. <sighs> dude, let's learn. So popular. Once again, that's a creative thing to... A creative outlet, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Um, today, we were going to talk about... Well, actually, I found, like, a couple articles online about, like, finding the one. And so I figured we'd go over that. I have the... I don't know if... Well... I did post, like, all the questions in the markdown file that I posted in the Discord, but... Honestly, I, I don't like Discord in the sense that it doesn't have a preview option for Markdown. So, like, there's other technologies where you can preview, like, a Markdown file. And Mine it, does. It comes... Don't really? Yes. Is this just you guys? 
Well, I mean, mine previews, but it like there's, it previews the whole file, but without yes. the conversions to the kinds of headers and like bullet points that I was hoping it to. What so? Does yours have that expand option at the bottom? Yes. Oh, I thought that was the preview. What would look different from the expanded version of it? Well, the like these... So, like, the the first pounds, or, like, the one pound symbol is supposed to represent, like, a huge-ass header. And so when you do, like, a preview oh. of that in certain... Like, I'm using VS Code to generate these markdown files. Right. I, like... When you do a preview of a markdown file, it actually templates it in the in the way that it's supposed to be. So if it's the single header, the single pound header, it like blows up on the screen so that there's like some visible format that or some yeah, some rule set that it's trying to follow as it presents the the file. So it's supposed to look good is what I'm saying, but it doesn't do that with Discord. I know with Slack, it I think it does. Oh gosh, I can't remember. But I, I'd like for there to be like a preview option because having it as just like the raw markdown format is kind of ass. But oh, okay, it is what it What's is. What's the double asterisk? The double uh, that's a bold. Okay, so that's supposed to bold the the things. Well, so are you getting braces. a bunch of background noise from me? I have like three fans pointed at me. I don't know if that's yeah. There's a little that. bit. I don't. I don't Should think. I do it... like a, maybe I'll do a push to talk or something. Well, as as long as you're not dying, I think everyone's happy for you to be here. It's hot, by the way. Like 104 degrees in Washington. Like, I'm dying. Hello, hello. Test push to talk. Yeah, you're good. Talking right now. I'm talking. Cool. When I look outside, though, there's like a, there's like a haze. Kind of like you a have? smoke haze. Yeah. Like, it's you been hot for a while. Have your window. Oh, I have my curtains closed. I don't want radiant heat. Oh. <laughs> Not going to look at the sun. It was nice, though, because, like, washing the cars, you get a little bit wet <laughs> so oh, like cooling yourself wow. off at the same wow wash my car washing my car hey ladies that you're in my no driveway. one's passing by Shit. oh check me out <laughs> the problem with living up on a hill and it's like a very unpopular hill too or like popular route no one comes by your hill is so awkward too it's like what's going on this is true we get no trick-or-treaters for that very reason. Sag. That is, uh, I mean, more candy for <laughs> my parents who bought it <laughs> for kids, but the oh, kids never buy. come. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so sad. Oh, they were justified, kind of. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I figure we'll just go through the articles and the points yeah. that they have, but... I guess I better read out each one before we talk about it. Um, so the first article 
I looked at Psychology Today. Uh, it's 15 questions to know if you found the one reviewed by Jessica Schrader. And the list starts off. Editor. Okay. The editor. The lady on the left is the writer. Uh, Tema Ehrenfeld. Ah. We're going to go then, through that list. Yeah. Uh, and some, like, these points that I'm looking at are completely out of context. Like, there's, like, added descriptions to each of these, or they're supposed to be. And I just took out the bullet points and plopped them in, like, a list or into one file. So, it. I guess if th there needs to be clarification on what these mean, I, I suppose I better look at the, the description for that. The first one is, does your partner make you a better person? And do you do the same for them? Oh, boy. Sorry, I'm messing with my keybind and I chose a bad one. So for me, with this... Um, I think a lot of people fall into the trap of they don't even know what kind of person they want to be. What kind of better version of them they want to be. So I think this makes this question a little hard. Well, maybe that's not true. I think I think in your early 20s you have a you're still figuring out your identity. And I suppose I'm I was still sort of in that spot until last year. I feel like I kind of got a sense of who I was and what I was proud of. Whereas like the other relation the other two relationships that i had like post high school i was just i had some idea of who i wanted as like a romance partner and they elevated me to be someone better than i was but it wasn't very specific like they generally they made me a better person and at the time it was the way that I wanted to better myself but now that I'm 24 and I have a better sense of my of my person I get an idea that or I have a better idea of who would be a better fit for me and I think that's important from for going into a relationship or for like your perspective about going into a relationship but also understanding that it needs to be a two-way street in order for it to be fair. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think a better person is... Like, that's my one biggest issue with all these questions, is, is that everything is totally situational. But having... I guess having self self-goals or resolutions can help you identify that earlier on and then asking yourself does that person help me work towards that goal for myself you know am i 
making progress towards that goal or are they weighing me down or not not helping at all right right because like you said it needs to be both ways right i think i think that's a good one to to know i think that's a hard one to gauge when you're in this situation though oh for sure But yeah, I would say that's pretty important for finding the one. But what's worse, though, is that there's like many people who could better, who could make you progress in the way that you want to with your person. But I do think that's like a, a minimum qualification that you should have in someone else. And I think you need to understand that you should also have a desire to help better someone else in the same way that they help you better yourself. So, I don't know. I'm going to move on. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it's tough because a lot of these questions are also like six months down the line, maybe you start to ask yourself. in that Six months in the relationship down the line, you start to ask yourself these questions rather than the first few dates or the first few months. Well, right, right. Right. Um, I should mention that, uh, what was it? A psychologist wrote this list. Yeah. Gary W. Lewandowski Jr. Professor of psychology at Monmouth university. Yeah. He came up with this list. So yeah. Oh, yeah, I do see that. I do see that. Yeah, that's. I think that's a very good baseline question to ask yourself right. when you're in a healthy relationship. Should that be a deal breaker for when you realize that they're not actually benefiting you in the way that you want to be benefited? And actually, should you understand when you're not doing the same for them? Should you break it off? I think, so the key thing you said is the way that you want to be benefited. If you're okay with them maybe going through their own stuff, maybe they've got their own baggage. Um, if they're going through that, then, and you're okay with that, that's totally fine. But like, like the whole point of the podcast is, is it the one? And maybe at that time it isn't right i don't think you should break it off necessarily i think that's a conversation you have to have but you could definitely hold off on say sit well like if you define the one as someone worthy of being proposed to or someone you see yourself with for forever for the rest of your life so if it's if the, if you're saying no to this question two years in the relationship, it could still be something that can be addressed and something that can be clearly communicated. So I don't necessarily think it's worth a breakup, but I think it's worth an assessment. <laughs> right. And I think... 
I think what's hard with that too, I I think the assessment part is very necessary, but your values change over time too. And so I, I think what ends up happening for a lot of divorce rates is that you get a sense of, well, either it's like a premature assessment that they were the right one to begin with, or it was that... I feel like it's not too far-fetched to say that people lose interest in or like their general interests change from one thing to another. And so, like, for example, I don't really care if someone <laughs> about like having kids right now, but I know in the future I probably will. So when that time comes, like that's going to be a major factor of who I who I think will be the one for me. So keeping like that future in mind and even though it's not necessarily a hardcore requirement now it should be something that I address in the future because it's something that I will care about um, throughout my career I think that goes to kind of towards when I mentioned if you have personal goals even if that projected personal goal is, I don't know, 10 plus years down the line. Okay. It's something that, I don't know, I guess, yes, people change, people can change abruptly too. Even if they have that personal goal, that might not be a goal that lasts the test of time. So, yeah, I guess, I guess it's a question, definitely a question you got to ask yourself whenever you review how you're doing in your own head, in your own life, etc. Right. I'm ready to move on. Next one. Are you and your partner both comfortable with sharing feelings, relying on each other, being close, and being able, or sorry, yeah, and being, sorry, and able to avoid worrying about the other person leaving? So there's sharing feelings, relying on each other, being close, and not worrying about the other person leaving. I feel like... Well, this this list kind of leans in the direction of serious romantic relationships rather than casual ones. But if you're in a serious relationship, long-term, uh, sharing feelings and being close is a... I don't know. I feel like it's a bare minimum. Uh <laughs> Or uh, guys can be hard sometimes with sharing their feelings, but I th I feel like that's a bare minimum, at least those two parts of the question. What do you think being close references here? I kind of related it to closer to sharing feelings. Like it doesn't even, some people might think it's like physically close, but at the same time, uh, hmm, it could be, Maybe the definition of being close is that comfortability with sharing feelings. I don't know. It's 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 kind of a blanket term in my opinion, being close. I feel like the whole definition of a serious romantic relationship, one of the caveats is being close, but I don't know. What do you think? I was just wondering if that's supposed to be different from being comfortable with sharing feelings. Like, I would say 
the first two points of sharing feelings and relying on each other. It's I, I don't know what being close is supposed to be adding to the table. There was the physical aspect that you brought up, which could be a perspective of what that means. But I guess I'm not too sure what the author would be or like the generator of this list would be referencing there. Yeah, I am curious because, well, yeah, you're right. They wouldn't, I mean, putting ourselves in their shoes, they wouldn't write that if it didn't mean, if it meant that it differed, it didn't differ from the comfortable with sharing feelings part. So, yeah, we would assume they meant something different from comfortable with sharing feelings, but I don't know, maybe maybe with their friends and family too, like knowing about them and what's going on in their lives. I consider that to be an aspect of being close, although it's not explicitly stated in this question, nor do I think it's going in that direction for this question. Gotcha. I think overall, like most of this, most of these points make sense. It's like, I don't know. I can't see a case where any of these aren't important. So far, yes. Yeah, I can't see it for sure. I think a lot of people have hard times with some of these aspects, but I think that's that's either an indicator that you haven't developed enough to be proficient in exercising in these activities or you're not in the right relationship so i mean able to avoid worrying about the other person leaving i think i feel like you should always have a fear of that i think the difference is letting it affect your relationship versus i i yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. I don't know. You've had more relationships than I have. Have you ever, like, worried about this? I have in the one relationship I've been in, but have you? I feel like I've always had a door out if I wanted to. But I, I've always had, like, a realistic mindset when it came to relationships overall. There hasn't been anyone where I've been so passionate about until recently where... I was the one who was engaging in the rom like the romance interest. Um, it's usually been the the other person who has expressed interest first, and then it then it develops from there. So it's you know it, to some degree, it's not like I've necessarily matched them at the same level that they proposed to me with. I feel like I met them to some degree, but it wasn't the same level. And so I felt like it was, I had some separation with, with breakups to be like when they happen, because I, I don't know, maybe I just have a realistic mindset that if it's not working, then it's just not working. I also have a history of giving up too early too. So if that gives you some sense of what my relationships are like, I'm prepared for well, yeah, I'm I'm just prepared for the worst most it of the time. It sounds like you have... It sounds like they would be more inclined to worry about you leaving 
than the other way around. Especially if most of the times they have made or expressed interest initially. I don't know if that's an imbalance in a relationship. That's true. Or... I do see this, like, able to avoid worrying about the other person leaving in two ways. Like, there's one where they express interest in someone else and therefore, like, unjustly, like, cheat on you. Um, I I see that as one perspective of this phrase. And then there's the worrying that they will lose heart normally and like you had mentioned and yeah i guess i do fit in that role it's that the the other person is usually worrying about me separating and that's hard yeah i guess i only have perspective of being that person rather than the one that might leave i don't know I don't have enough experience to fully assess that. <laughs> Maybe that's more so. indicative of how much I use people. <laughs> Not like I, Oof. I mean, you know, you could say that. I don't feel like I actually did that, but I think that's a perspective someone could could conclu conclude from that. And I guess I've questioned that myself if I've used the people to get to where I am today. Because they're, I mean, if there's a barrier there, then... Am I really invested in the relationship if I'm not too heartbroken to give up on it? I don't know. Do you have one foot out? It's that one foot out the door when you enter a relationship sort of mindset. I don't know. Have you had an experience when you've expressed interest first before then? I mean, other than my parasocial relationship. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, to me, that just makes sense, though. Like, I, I don't feel like I've necessarily... I've, I was never worried about someone else leaving me. Because I don't think that's something you should be worried about. Because I think that's more indicative that they're not the right person for you. And you're not the right person for them. Rather, the, the other way around. So if you flip-flop those, that's the kind of order that you should be looking at that situation with. So, so it's not like... I don't unhealthily... Well, I feel like it's unhealthy to worry about something like that. I think you should always have a fear of it in the back of your mind. Because it would suck for you, like, personally, if you had, like, some investment with it. But the bigger picture is, is that, like, it could be a lot worse if you guys both suffered through it when it wasn't meant to be. And something, like, an event ends up happening that leaves you even more heartless than doing it when the problem is present. Yeah, I'll double back to what I said earlier in that if this worry or fear affects the relationship, then definitely reassess your mindset because you could still worry about it. But it, you know, like you said, there was always that maybe a lingering fear. Or maybe this has to do with uh, 
dedication and loyalty that I don't, that I haven't like felt yet in a relationship or experienced yet. Right. And maybe that feeling of worrying goes away when you can really like, like trust, trust is hard. Right. But it's something that you should, I think it's something that is, that's implicitly stated in a lot of these questions even though I don't think trust is ever explicitly stated. But I guess we'll see as we go down. Right. I'm ready to move on. I, I think there's some other yeah. points that I could have hit on that, but I'm okay with moving on from that. Okay. Do you and your partner accept each other for who you are without trying to change each other? This one's so situational. I feel like change is weird. It's like, I don't know. I can see a situation where you would want to change your partner for the better and like for the better them. Like if they're like really being really unhealthy with their habits, like maybe they're eating super bad and then they go to the hospital for it and they still continue to eat bad like that's something that you as a partner probably need to address and something that they need to change about themselves and you should help them change but like i said that's so situational i think the question really is trying to say at like at the core things that are purely a part of your being and personality you shouldn't try to change right i think yeah as as you explained like i think there are things that people stray off track from who they want to be and you should realign them as quickly as possible because you know that that's who they want to be or like what they're doing is not aligning with who they are and you should have an understanding of who they are so if whenever they do something that's out of character, you should put them back on track. And I think the question is prompting something like more fundamental than something like that. You shouldn't change someone to be anything different than who they are. With, when it comes to like the eating habit um, scenario, it's like, I don't know. In my case, I enjoy food, <laughs> but I also like being like fit at the same time. So, you know, which one do I outweigh more? And if someone were to really listen to, to me and they would probably figure out that the same conclusion that I've come to, which is I'd rather be fit than be a fat fuck and eat a lot <laughs> all the time. So, right. you know, I, I think they would give me some encouraging push to be the person that I want to be. Because that's in the best interest of me. And that's who I am. For sure. This one kind of lines up with... You could lump a lot of this question and the first question around the same thing. Because it is that journey of becoming better or changing for the better versus changing for the worse. Right. Or changing the aspect of yourself that's... Why do you think More they're desirable. separated then? Um, 
I think the key word in this question is acceptance. The first question more seems like uh, a constant action to make a better person, whereas acceptance might be less regular. Because right, right. you don't like learn about aspects of a person in a linear fashion. So, but maybe you would want to make your partner a better person linearly. I'm trying to like I'm trying to think of this like as in like iterations of time, right? Right. So I think that's the biggest difference. And acceptance maybe comes earlier in a relationship. I I'm not gonna say that. I was gonna say acceptance comes earlier in a relationship, but I don't have enough knowledge to make that assessment. I think that's pretty accurate. Um. Well, in order to accept the other person, you have to have, well. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm just going to keep it at that. I don't think I can word out what I wanted to say right then. I was going to say you could also... I, could, I think I would be okay in saying acceptance comes earlier because acceptance might also come during the process where you're getting to know that person rather than like really implementing their future goals. Right. Like the first question does, or the first question talks about. So... I, I would say acceptance comes earlier because acceptance can come in many forms. and I think that also depends on the person too because I yeah. like there, there are lots of problems. Well, okay, it's not that there are a lot of problems, but there are a lot of solutions to problems and everyone has something different. So I think the way that you perceive the problem is up to – or like the situation is up to the person. So I think some people would take the route of – let's make this person better to who I want them to be. And then there's the, let's listen to this person to see what they care about and then go from there. And I think you get those two different types of people in the world. And it's, I mean, hopefully it works out one way or the other, but, and who's to say which one's better and which one's worse. But I would like to, I usually align with the side that you need to listen before you can make a solution. Yes, I completely agree. Okay. When disagreements arise, do you and your partner communicate respectfully and without contempt or negativity? I think this one's pretty clear cut, honestly. It's how to disagree healthily rather than, um, you know... Those couples that yell at each other and don't actually listen to each other. That's hard, though, because you, you have to be, like, I think I feel like this is a sign of maturity, if anything. Like, you need to be mature on both sides. Like, this isn't to say you should never have disagreements. I think I think this is more to say that you should have disagreements and it should be mature disagreement or, like, mature methods of going about that situation. That's how I take that. For sure. And I don't know, it's, before I would definitely, dislike the other person after a disagreement, in the sense that I would not like the way that they've conveyed the argument that they wanted to make, 
And I just couldn't separate the idea in the way that they pre the act, I guess, and the character. But now I feel the like I have a better person. sense of how to do that. Okay. Yeah. I think this one's something that comes with experience. Yeah. Too. Which I don't have. Hey, what's up, Dab? Well, I don't know. I I think this is more like a IRL kind of experience thing than it is a romantic relationship experience thing. Yeah, you could have this. I guess, yeah, you could ask this question about, like, friends and family, too. Yeah. But for sure. I it's think a process. It's a, it's a process. It's a good caveat, though. I think that's one of the better ones because that shows maturity, like you said. Do you and your partner share decision-making power and influence in the relationship? I read that as decision-making power. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> share decision-making. I think this is more about, do you give the person that you're in a relationship with a voice so much that it's of equal value to your own. I can see that. And I think this is more poking at like the, it's not that is the problem. Isn't that it's over like putting their opinion over yours. It's that you're putting your opinion over theirs. So I think that that's what this is specifically asking. What do you mean putting your opinion over theirs? Like you could value someone else's opinion more than yours, right? Right. And then there's the other, the flip side of that, which is, well, okay, I, I see it as three dimensions, but like one opposite or one polar side is you think that your opinion is better than theirs. And then the other one is that you value their opinion over yours. And then the middle ground is you share both your opinion and their opinion equally, or rather of equal magnitude. That's the healthy approach, is having them equal. Right. Right. I think that, yeah, that's the power and influence aspect of it. Oh, yeah, and decision-making, too. I know a lot of people that are indecisive and it's hard because I'm generally indecisive and flaky, but at the same time, most of the people I know are more indecisive than me. And so I, I, I can be decisive when I need to be and snap straight to something like the, tri the typical example is going out to eat. I can be like, we can go here, here, and here. I pick here, you know, and they could spend hours, <laughs> like, contemplating without making any real... Like, after an hour of searching for places to eat or movies to watch on Netflix, there's only... There's, there's a point where it... There's no progress being made. Right. Maybe that's just me being impatient, but I don't know. If you're scrolling through Netflix for fit, like half an hour, then I'm like, just pick something, like, you know. But I guess this is more of 
when the decision is ready to be made, the balance of making that decision between you two yeah. is something that needs to be respected and shared. I feel like I have some personal antidote, antidote that I want to share here, but I can't. Go for it. I Well, I need to think about it more in the sense that, okay. I okay, my initial thought was I feel like I've shared equal power in the relationship in terms of decision making. Um, I guess like, I, I guess I don't really know what power <laughs> relates to and influence in the relationship. In terms of the, okay, in terms of whether or not they want to break up with me, I'm willing to give them all that power. It's like, I, if you're, if, if you don't like it, then, <laughs> you know, it probably wasn't meant to be, so we can just break up after that. So, right. it's like, I'm not, I'm not putting up a barrier for them to not be able to make that decision for themselves. And I'm willing to follow through if they wanted to make that decision on behalf of the relationship. So I feel like I give them as much power as I do because I believe in the same thing for myself. Or I'm willing to give myself as much power and follow suit on the relationship status after that. Right. But there's definitely like other things that have decisions that need to be made. And I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've given them <laughs> as much power as, as I have with those, but I, I could be, I could be wrong. I mean, some of them might go back and <laughs> might have memories of me not doing that. And that's where I'm kind of questioning if I, if that is who I am or if I'm someone different than what I claim to be. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I can't I can't say a lot in this for this question, so Do you think it should be well, do you think it has its right to be on this list? Yes. But that's an almost instinctual thing from me rather than something that's been gained over experience. So. Right. Okay. Is your partner your best friend? And are you theirs? This one's interesting. And this is one I would actually... Ooh. What's your take? I have, I have my generated thought. I, it's, it's hard because I have best friends and on some aspects, I can't see myself interacting the same way I do with my best friends that I do with a potential partner. They that that partner can be my best friend. I I absolutely see that, and I could I could be the same to them. But I I don't know if best friend in this question is exclusive or not. You know. 
I think they just share the same kinds of qualities that your best friends would have. I would be hard pressed <laughs> to find a female that's romantically interested in me that I could develop a relationship with and have the same conversations as you, me, and Jared do. <laughs> <laughs> I think you gotta that's, abstract that's it though. I like. I think you're right. Uh, personally, for me, I think there is someone out there who could be my best friend, in the sense that they shared like the same. That there's some commonality abstractly about about us or like our friend group in general, and they could meet on that as well as have the same values as me and what I would like want in a friend and have them also meet the condition of they find me romantically interesting. So I have hopes for that. And I, I think that should be something I think that deserves its spot on here. Um, the other point that I was going to make is it's like, you can spend as much time as you want with your best friends and time will just go like on. Well, yeah, <laughs> time will just fly by when you're when you're with the people that you enjoy hanging out with. And I feel like that. I mean, the when you find the one, you'll know that time will pass you by as quick as it does with your friends. Because of either like a shared activity or shared in or like any shared interest really it should it should feel familiar and comfortable and you shouldn't have to worry about like not being a good time sure i i have nothing to say for that one but yeah Okay. Do you and your partner think more in terms of we and us rather than you and I? I think this should be on the list. Uh, my only fear is starting to know someone and collectively growing with each other, but there's this important distinction to maintain your sense of your individuality. And I think a lot of people, I think that's important. And I think a lot of people forget about that when they're in a really long-term relationship, they only think of themselves as an entity with that other person. And I think that that can also affect maybe their sense of like i said individualism when that partner is gone and gone i don't mean like dead i mean like it could they could be gone for like a month or on a work trip and sometimes you kind of forget who you are when you've been with that other person so long, I'm, I'm kind of speaking towards personal experience. I'm like, sometimes people just need to be single to get to know themselves, to then be in a relationship. 
And I think that time being single is very important. And I have friends who uh, aren't single for very long. So, and I think that they could really benefit from a year off. Like, but I also think that if you're inclined to get married, yes. A vocabulary switch to we and us. I think, yeah, more. More inclined to a vocabulary switch to we and us rather than you and I. But I think you should still maintain a mental sense of you are yourself. You are not both of you. I don't know. Help me help me work through my thinking. No, I agree with that. I think I'm a victim to the situation where I thought more about the relationship than I did myself. And not only did that affect me, the person I was in a relationship with also thought the same thing. So we had conflicting interests all the time. Um, and she was very social and I wasn't. <laughs> so, so we would go like to these outings. Right. And I, that was at the time where I, really just didn't want to talk with people at all. And I made sacrifices to myself on the behalf of we instead of me. Um, and it just wasn't like, it was an obligation that I was suffering through. But I gave the we label a shot. And I was just unhappy with it. So part of part of mm. growing from that, I've figured that I need to find someone else who has of similar interest to me. So that I can share I can like say confidently say we don't, you know, or we go about these actions because we share these same interests. So I think it's important to to be like confident in your we like labeling. And Maybe you like should an also activity. stand up. Yeah. And I think you should be standing up for yourself as much as you can until you understand if we is going to be the right label. We and us. Yeah, speaking for both parties is really difficult and it it's really far into. When did you start? When did that person start saying we in your relationship that you were in? It wasn't so much we, but it, it's the idea that we did things for each other. Because as a, as a group, like she wanted me to be there. Like it, it's, it's a collection of interests between herself and myself. So instead of taking a look at like the. Well, okay, those would usually clash. But in the interest of we, I went along with it mm -hmm. and disregarded my own say in something that she wanted to do. Because I okay. had the best interest in our future. But turns out that <laughs> that was more of an indicator that our future didn't have something going. Right, right, right. I mean, along with a bunch of other things, but that's that's kind of the gist. I'm ready to move on, though.
Yeah, sounds good. Would you and your partner trust each other with the passwords to social media and bank accounts? That, those are very <laughs> two very different. <laughs> yeah, right. Orgs. <laughs> what the? Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, it should be on there. Is it bank bad account. to say? Mm. Okay, go ahead. Is it bad to say that social media comes after bank accounts? I think bank accounts should be the first thing. Really? I think your identity... I think social media is more aligning with your identity. So it's like, why would... Why else... Why would you have someone else, like, take a look at that? Or, like, have access to being your identity? What would a, what would a significant other do with your social media? I guess is the biggest question. Yeah, that's weird to say. I'm trying to say, I don't have anything to hide on my personal social media. Like, whether it's, like, saved, I don't know, Reddit posts or Instagram. Yeah, I don't have anything weird or something that might reveal a certain side of me. Right. I mean, neither do I, but it's like, uh, to me, I feel like social media is just, it's more of a place where you represent your identity, whereas your bank account is more of a place that represents your financial st status. So I feel like sharing your financial status with someone else gives you some idea of what the long term will look like or like what the... I guess the current situation looks like and having like some financial investment in the relationship going forward. Whereas like right. having the passwords to your social media, it's like, what are, are you just going to steal who I am <laughs> virtually? Like, I, I don't know why you would ever want access to that. I, I feel like that's more of a statement of someone doesn't trust me to want like my social media rather i mean it's it's not i'm willing to give it away but it's like that's also indicative of they don't trust me at the same time so that's why does, i'm kind of turned off by that does social media access imply that they're going to post on your behalf there's that it depends on how creative you can get with the opportunities that they could see do people do that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they do. I don't I don't know anyone I also don't know anyone whose significant other would post on their behalf. Like anyone that's in a relationship that, right. for that matter, right? Interesting. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess to sum it up, like I would have no problems with giving my password for social media to someone else. I'd just be really turned off that they would ask that. Right. A bank account is just different. I think that's, that's, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I'm ready to move on. Do okay. you and your partner have good opinions of each other without having an overinflated positive view? 
I think so. How I interpret this one is, and I think this relates to one of the later questions as well, because a lot of these are going to overlap. But it's sort of a. Do you still see each other's flaws? And do you still like not necessarily see through those flaws, but like maintain a general sense of appreciation for that person even with the presence of those flaws and i think that the overinflated positive view can lead towards the suffocation of recognizing those flaws yes Yeah, you need to have a realistic perspective of the person that you're with instead of thinking they're like the best person in the world to you. <laughs> um, I guess what I was going to say about my own history with my past like relationships, I'm proud of all of them. And I feel like I've always been... I've always understood who they were. It's not that I always understood who they were, but like I had a general sense of the positives and benefits that they could provide me and what they pro like objectively provide for the world. And so I I would I don't regret spending time with any of them. And they could reach out to me today and you know, I think we could have like a pretty good conversation and laugh about like the old times. So, but that's just the kind of characters that like I've dated. I know what kinds of characters that are unhealthily, like overly positive or just like out of touch with reality when it comes to romance. I think I have a pretty good way. Well, I, I want to say that I know who those kinds of people are and I stay away from them. So that's why like none on my list of people that I've dated are of that type of character. For sure. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I <laughs> know it's good. I don't. <laughs> this is another one where I'm like, with experience comes a better, more well-rounded opinion. I I also t tend to avoid people or not be attracted to people who are overinflatedly positive or overly positive. Maybe that's just me <laughs> because I'm kind of a pessimist, but it's... No one's perfect, and I think that's something that should be regularly touted. But that shouldn't lower the standard of who you aim to be as a person. So, right. Yeah. I'm good to continue. Yeah. <sighs> Do your f close friends as well as your partners think you have a great relationship that will stand the test of time this one's great 
I think this one, I'm surprised this one isn't on the other lists because I don't think it is. But this is honestly underrated because your friends and your family have potentially, well, they don't have an unbiased view. They have an unbiased view on the person you're dating, I would say. They don't have an unbiased view on you, but they might have an unbiased, they might have a biased view on the person you're dating, knowing their biased view of you and what you deserve, right? But at the same time, I think that's healthy to know. Sorry. That's healthy to know because at the end of the day, the people that you value and hold close will know what's best for you at most times or at a lot of times more than you know yourself. So um, I think stand the, the, the stand the test of time aspect of the question is kind of, it sounds kind of cheesy to me. Like, will it last or just like a great relationship? Uh, now we can talk about the aspects of, a great relationship can be short and can end. So maybe that's why they indicate stand the test of time. Because you can learn as much as you want from a great and short relationship where it ended, you know, maybe at the right time. Right. So. I think the reason why this isn't on the other list is because this is dependent on having people in your network know what's best for you and actually know you. Like, it's pretty hard for for other people to know exactly what you want. And it's also hard to find people who are objective like that. And I... I in my experience, I don't think there's a whole lot of people who can do that. And that's why I think this is like a very rare... I think this is a great point if you have the conditions for a great network who can actually know you. But if you don't have people like that, then it's this point's kind of useless. Because, I don't know. Maybe I've just that's heard fair. like too many bad stories about like family members or... Or like bad for or people who I don't, who I disagree with how they live life. It's like I don't, I wouldn't want those people making decisions for me. And if you're, if you're kind of in that same boat of you don't like, like they're your friends, but, but you don't necessarily trust them. But they're there to provide companionship. It's like, do you, are are you really willing to allow them to dictate your romantic life? And I don't Ooh. know. So maybe I'll bring this up in a private conversation. Oh, <laughs> I have a, I have a, a, a thought on this, but yes, <laughs> I can see where you're coming from. I would hope that at least this, yeah, you're right. This can be difficult. I would hope that at least most people that are in a relationship have at least one person that they can rely on that leads them in a healthy direction or they have one healthy relationship with a friend or a family member. But families can be shaky sometimes. And friends can be inexperienced. So, right. 
that's what I thought of the question. I think it, in my case, it deserves its its spot. But I think I also it's less deserving to me because I feel like I have a pretty good sense of what I want, and I can factor out the kinds of people. Like I'm very proud of the people that I've dated in the past. So clearly, something in my analysis of how people operate is working to lead me to the kinds of attention that I want. For sure. And I think I also have the boundaries set up to know when a relationship is is past its time. But I think other people need like close friends to help them through that process. So, yes, it's it can be hard sometimes. Right. And so and especially during like in quotes the honeymoon phase of a relationship you're like you're blind to a lot of shit that you could totally catch earlier on so i guess that kind of if you're if you're ready to move on that kind of leads into the next one right is your relationship free of red flags like cheating jealousy and controlling behavior if you're extremely now this, I think this takes experience and training. But if you're extremely proficient at identifying red flags early on, and you're really able to be impartial, I think this is something that you can identify early in a relationship rather than later. Controlling maybe might be more subtle, from what I hear, but cheating, jealousy, etc., usually surface. I want to say fairly early. But I've never had to worry about cheating. And I think that's something along with my process of how I find people that I think are, well, maybe that's more due to the nature of I'm never proposed to, or sorry, I'm never the one proposing. I'm always the one being proposed to in terms of (laughs) starting a relationship. So maybe I just have less of an interest in general, or at least I know that like they're pure enough to, go out of their way to say something to me or to like have something start. And that's quite a risk. So I, I guess I've always, it's always put my mind at ease that none of them would necessarily cheat on me. Well, yeah, that, like it, yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it, it really is that judge of character early on. Right. And this can go, t- get, this can go in the way of your friends too. Like, if you have a good foundation of friends, you can see what, how that reflects in your relationship. And I'm not talking about, like, cheating, but maybe jealousy and controlling behavior. That's something you could identify with potentially a bad friend versus someone that's good for you. Right. So. I personally don't think jealousy is that much of a problem. In a relationship? I think there's a healthy amount of jealousy. But maybe... Okay, no, no, no. What does that look like to you, then? I'd be curious. So I think there's two different kinds of jealousy. There's the jealousy where you're comparing yourself to someone else. which may be the romantic interest your or your partner. And then there's the jealousy of 
who your partner might be looking at or who you think your yeah, who you think your partner is looking at because they have better assets than you do. I think is those it, are two is, forms of jealousy. Is that the same thing though cuz you're comparing yourself to that person that your partner's looking at? Well, one's an external one and then one's like a this person is Inf- well, it's not influential. This other person is inspiring to me. Or, like, my partner is inspiring to me. Oh, you're saying comparing yourself to your partner? Yeah. Oh. Interesting. And the kind of capacity that they have. I think that... Do you think that the first one is healthy? Rather Actually, than- I think the second one clearly isn't. I actually think oh. both can be healthy, but I think oh, really? both can also be unhealthy. If taken what to is... a degree of you're so uninspired by being jealous from someone else that you feel like you have no chance to to reach a comparable level in comparison. So converting your lack of assets in comparison to the person that your partner is looking at as I guess motivational fuel right. to better yourself. Yeah. But isn't the fact that you're pr- eh. okay? I think. Well, okay. So I think it's generally more unhealthy if you if you're comparing yourself to other like competition. If you see it as a competition, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because then that's like the other person needs to like you're not convinced that the other person is so set on you that you think they'll leave. Right. Yeah. Even like jealousy can be present in the face of loyalty, I guess. Right. I can see that. And if you're not convinced that they're or rather if you're convinced that they won't leave, then I think that's a. It, but you're still like jealous of competition. I think that's a healthy, like a healthy amount of jealousy. Maybe not view it as competition. Yeah. But just jealousy, right? Because I think if you start viewing it as competition, it can become dangerous. I don't necessarily think so. Well, okay, yes. So. If you don't think your partner is going to leave you, then you can't necessarily consider it competition. Right. I'd be inclined to say those are mutually exclusive situations. That you can be... That you can worry about the other person leaving and... Or that, yeah, I, so oh. either you can't, either you worry about the person leaving and are jealous, or either you worry about the person leaving and you view it as a competition, or you don't worry about the person leaving and you don't view it as a competition. I, I don't see the situation where you worry about the person leaving but don't view it as a competition. I think you can. 
maybe that's my lack of experience being in a situation like that. But, but I see that as like comparison to who can. I think I think that's a better situation because then you you know you have the relationship secured. But now it's how do you better yourself in the way that you know you can be better. Well, I, maybe that's maybe that's contradictory with what I said before because you should be striving to be the best person that you should be in yourself. And if you're taking a look at other people, then maybe that's not so healthy. So maybe I take that back. Yeah, I suppose I still there think, isn't. Yeah, viewing yeah. it as a competition can be a, can be unhealthy in and of itself, if not leading to unhealthy habits. Right. I agree. Okay, next one. Do you and your partner share the same values when it comes to politics, religion, the importance of marriage, the desire to have kids or not, and how to parent? I think this one's big, and I think the key part of it is share the same values, not the same opinions. Okay. I think people can have different political opinions and it still works out just fine that's a very good way of putting it i, I agree with that the the rest of them i'm inclined to say yes because you, you got to see eye to eye right right you gotta like the... you gotta both want kids right yeah i agree and the best way to parent is if you have the same values that you want to, I guess, reflect onto your child, your potential child. Right. Um, religion's interesting because it could be, you could adopt, or you could already have values that also align with, say, they're Christian. They could have Christian values, like the Ten Commandments, but your values could align with theirs and it could be shared but your religious outlook on life could not be the same but i think it it still works cuz once again it's the values that are shared not the opinions right i could not say that better myself i think all i think all of these are important to be here that's all i'm gonna say i have yeah i haven't found a bullet point that's been super questionable i guess right <laughs> but you know i'm willing to keep going are you and your partner willing to sacrifice your own needs desires and goals for each other without being a doormat Yeah, I think this one's big. I feel like it lines up with something that we've talked to, and the, there's a lot of bullet points, but I feel like it's something we've talked to in the past. You got to remain some sense of identity for yourself, but you also need to be looking more 
or rather not that you need to be, but you'll know you found the right one if if they're willingly sacrificing their own needs to put the label us and we first. I can see that one for sure. I was leaning more towards do you and your partner share the decision-making power and influence in the relationship. Yeah. And that one can lean towards when someone needs to maybe pull back a little bit and is willing to put your needs over theirs in a healthy manner rather than uh, be, being a doormat. It's like being stepped all over, right? So. Right. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was like, it's kind of dragging on. We could totally speed run a few of these. Two. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I don't, I think we'll only get through like this first, first one because we're, we're already approaching an hour and a half. <laughs> we, just, we haven't even gone through 20. this first article. <laughs> oh, <What>? God. <laughs> Who thought 15 okay, yeah. bullet points would take so long? Anyways. Do you and your partner both have agreeable and emotionally stable personalities? How agreeable do you want to be? Because I think being too agreeable is very dangerous. I also think being... Well... If you're too agreeable, you're almost... You skirt the line of being too much of a people pleaser. Right. And I don't think that's healthy at all. And it can get in the way of your own self-interests so much that it can be a detriment to yourself. So a health, like I said earlier, it's situational. And a good gauge of how agreeable to be is a, is a disclaimer for this a bullet point for sure. I think, the, I think this is a bad bullet point. In the sense that I think it needs to be abstracted more. It's like, or I don't think this is necessarily hitting the point that it should be hitting. I think this is a byproduct of, are you guys so closely similar that you're not having unhealthy disagreements and, and like emotional wreckages after each fight? And maybe you should, but like, you know, is there a health is there a healthy balance between your conflicts and and your values aligning? Yeah, to like, where it's do you like, let shit get to you. Yeah, so often that it affects. Because if you let shit get to you so often that it affects your partner and how they want to sacrifice aspects of their life to cope for you or with you then it's not healthy and you know maybe you're not the one right or they're not the one if that's dragging you down right so emotionally stable is i i i'm more okay with emotionally stable being on here than agreeable for this bullet point right but, i agree with yeah, that i don't know precisely what they're getting at in the direction of agreeable I think, yeah, I just think this one could be worded better. Or I think For this sure. is hinting at something that, where, like, the thing that it was hinting at should have been replaced with this bullet point. Anyhow, 
Yes. Very last one. Are you and your partner sexually compatible? Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's <laughs> oh, like, wait. I just thought about your past <laughs> Oh, I don't. I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if that's the direction you were going. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't mean like, to out you. Oh, fuck. No, it's good. It's good. I mean, you there's can a... take the lead on this one, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not like it's not like I'm gay and I'm dating like women, you know. I'm guessing oh, that's shit. not what Are this. You? No. <laughs> I'm guessing that's not what this bullet point is relating Spencer to. Spencer comes out on the podcast. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> the title. <laughs> no. <sighs> there's a ongoing, ongoing reference to my foot fetish in the group. And it's toe gang. We represent oh. that here, okay. anyways. But no, I would say most every partner that I've had was okay with that. And I'm not gonna out the interests that they had sexually, because I think that'd be a disservice to them. But I'm okay with outing myself with with that. So I think if they weren't okay with that about me there'd be a lot of problems and it probably wouldn't work out but like everything else has just been like fine so from what i know compatibility doesn't necessarily have to mean your i don't want to say fetishes but sexual preferences align in the same direction okay, okay. i think the bullet point that talks, the one a couple before this, sacrifice your own needs, desires, and goals for each other. I think that can be something that's key towards being compatible. Because you might not be into the same stuff. Like, and the way I view sex is that it could be, it's a very it's interesting because... In my opinion, your goal should be to please the other person rather than for you to at least first <laughs> put that other person first before you. Yes. And then and then reach point B yourself, right? Not not like yourself like solo, but yourself uh you come second, right? Literally yeah. and figuratively. A will amount. <laughs> um uh, but the the sacrifice thing is, I think, important towards being compatible because you should be willing to do things for the interest of your partner and they should do the same for you. And I think that's what makes you compatible. Right. There's also been another layer of, like, I don't know, how active you are, too. I think if you mismatch on activity, it's one person's going to feel pretty let down over the other person. Unless if you force it. And... And if you force it, like, nobody's benefiting from that. Or I, at least I would. I'm not going to say nobody benefits from that because I think some people don't have the guilty conscience to, to be like, this is wrong. Mm. So they force it anyways. Oh, but... Don't force it, man. You don't want to give lousy dick. That's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also the, uh, like the same thing for the opposite position, too. 
think I, I was in a case of that. So. But she didn't force it, and it was pretty nice. It was nice in the sense that I felt respected. And it was, I mean, it was a letdown for me, too, because it was like, you know, come on. I, this is the, this is a opportunity. You should be, like, excited for it. And I just wasn't. So there's some level of guilt going both ways if you're not, like, compatible. And I think the more compatible you are, the easier of a time it is to understand the other person and not feel guilty as much if you have that guilty conscious present. Yeah, I see that for sure. Anything else you want to say? I, f I feel like we should just close this up. It's It's been an yeah, hour totally and a can. half. Wow. I guess we'll hit the <laughs> other ones later, but... I feel like if we went, if we did a second part and hit the other ones, it would go much quicker than this one did because there's a lot of repeats. Right. But, you know, I think we could still talk a lot about the sure. other points as well. I don't know when we'll have, like, the rest of these questions answered, though, because it, what, it was, like, two weeks since the last one where you and I both did, like, the dating scene one. Right. So... This one felt more focused. I like the fact that we have the questions up. Right. And it, I, I like it more because I didn't have to put that much effort into it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe I'll search up some more questions and answers too. But I don't know. I'd rather... Yeah, I'd rather pull perspectives focusing... Well, because I think I al that also benefited me too. Because... You know, I'm also going in with no idea what what some of these questions even meant. So, just focusing more on the questions instead of the instead of the questions that I prompted for for the group, I think is better. Yeah, I like the idea of reviewing the questions rather than oh, we can't answer them because we're not in relationships. But <laughs> like. It, I think reviewing the questions has a better way of helping us reflect on our past relationships and integrating that into our answer than just answering it about our past relationships. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I'm willing to cut it off there. Cool. I don't know what we'll do next week. You think you, you want it? Oh, no, because you're not here next week. Yeah, I'll be gone shoot okay. um and then the following week is the party so wow yeah party it up anyways i'm gonna call it cool <laughs> i got some other stuff i gotta be doing later tonight okay thanks for hanging out though yeah for sure